0: It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome everybody to Rapid Fire, sponsored by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Toby Leary, co-owner of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, Massachusetts. So if you haven't been down to Hyannis and seen Cape Gunworks yet, come on down. What's taking you so long? And you can also check us out online. At CapeGunWorks.com, click on Rapid Fire if you want to be a part of the conversation. There's also giveaways that we do every week on the show, and we will also be getting to some of the hot button issues of the day. We talk all things guns, uh, Second Amendment, self defense. We get into some of the politics as it affects guns and whatnot. So, and also we have Howie Carr and Grace Curley coming in to record their show or perform live, actually, the next few Mondays. So if you want to come down and get the VIP experience for their show, it's been a great time. We've had a lot of fun doing that. Howie and uh, Grace have been able to go out on the range before their respective shows and get some trigger time in. And I heard Grace went out with the rare breed trigger the other day. And I could hear it. Blah 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 blah. She came in with her target. She did a very good job. And she goes, "That was petrifying. That was scary." So <laughs> it was pretty cool to see her do that. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll uh, have them down in the next for the next few Mondays. If you want to come in from starting at twelve noon for the Grace Curley show from twelve to three, and then Howie will be on from three to seven. Uh, he's even doing that bonus hour from six to seven where he was, he used to have Taylor uh, in the office do it or in the studio do it. But anyway, um, I'm also on Grace Curley's show every Monday now. It's Second Amendment Tuesday on Monday. Because they're here, it's just so much easier for us to do the 2A Tuesday in person. So we do it on Monday, um, even though it's the segment called 2A Tuesday. And we get to your calls. It's been some great calls. Um, there has been some excellent uh questions and whatnot, and she also gets a lot of texts, for that matter. So um, lots going on in gun world right now. We have <clears throat> a lot of pro-gun stuff happening and also a lot of anti-gun stuff happening, and it's amazing how every week it seems there's multiple things happening, whether it be a court ruling, whether it be second, uh, the Supreme Court being willing to take up a case, or whether Legislations being introduced or even uh, recently, the Biden administration has seemingly found a loophole to the Second Amendment, frankly, um, and restricting the sharing of information. And this was a great little video on um, Guns and Gadgets, Jared Giannis's channel, um, a fellow Massachusetts uh, to a youtuber and podcaster if you will out there that does a phenomenal job he does a great job of keeping everybody up to date including myself I I get a lot of the information I share from him and uh, this was a uh, loophole that I still don't even fully understand but basically the the long and short of it is uh, they're gonna ban 3D printed guns and the technology behind that so not only is this a violation of the second amendment but it's also a gross violation of the first amendment the dissemination of information and um, it's just you know it's unbelievable that they can get away with that Uh, and I believe it also violates the 10th amendment Um, so you know check that out I don't know how it's all going to play out but basically Any business that, you know, proliferates CAD files or, um, you know, the information on how to build your own gun, the quote-unquote ghost gun that flies around through the night and comes out of people's closets or something and, you know, uh, goes out and commits crimes and then sneaks itself back into their house before they wake up. That, That would be the definition of a ghost gun to me. What the government definition is, it's untraceable because... Somebody didn't report to us that the gun has been built, which is the whole point. Like, there's nothing wrong with a person who's not a prohibited person from building the gun and, you know, using it for recreational purposes or for defensive purposes. And they're saying because of the small percentage of those guns that are used in crime by people who have ill intent or for nefarious reasons, which, frankly, even if you ban it against the law-abiding citizen being able to print it and use it and own it, the criminals still going to do it, right? Because that's what they are. They're criminals. So again, all you're doing is looking for a solution to fix a problem that doesn't exist. It's a solution in search of a problem. The problem might be the small percentage of those guns that are actually used in crime, but the problem doesn't isn't affected or isn't uh, proliferated by the responsible people in the first place. So you're not going to f- solve that problem by making it harder for me to partake in it or you to partake in it so yeah yay we have that Um, we also have a couple of bills that were introduced in the state of Massachusetts that were voted on in committee last week and one is a pro-gun bill it's the suppressor bill which we've seen a couple years ago that died on the vine right after the Parkland shooting And that one is now resurfaced and it is um, on the docket. It's in committee and we need to call our legislators to and urge them to support House Bill 1570, which would legalize civilian ownership of suppressors. Um, Right now, 42 other states you can use and own suppressors and Massachusetts is not one of those states, but for any lawful purpose. So that would be a huge benefit to this state. I think a lot of the people that complain about the noise with guns would be happier the people who are lifetime shooters the degradation of the you know their hearing over time especially hunters uh who wants to be walking their dog in the woods and hear a gunshot go off you know a couple hundred yards away I mean if you have a suppressor it'll reduce the decibel level it doesn't make them quiet like hollywood but it makes it reduces that amount of sound transmission by about the same as a set of good hearing protection, usually around 30 to 40 decibels, some cases only 20 decibels, but it'll certainly help, um, you know, preserve hearing. I think the greatest use of suppressors would be for the home defense situation, so you don't permanently cause hearing damage if you ever needed to use a gun in self-defense. So, all right, we'll talk more about that on the other side. And uh, if you don't have your gun license, you want to make sure you go to capegunworks.com. We have regularly scheduled license to carry classes, including ladies only and couples classes. Yeah, go find that somewhere else. But So go to go to capegunworks.com and get signed up today, and you can apply for your LTC. We'll be, uh, we'll be back on the other side. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lerner.
1: If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers, with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets out to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mph winds. The ARBDC 3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 556 loads out of an AR 15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC 3.
0: Alright, welcome back. This is Rapid Fire, your Second Amendment show. That's once a week. We'd love to have you join us. Go to capegulmerks.com and be a part of the discussion. We'll be getting to some of your questions in a minute. I see the chat line is filling up quick. But Before the uh, break, I was talking about the suppressor bill, and that's some positive movement in as far as... Uh, control in Massachusetts is concerned let's hope that that bill gets voted out of committee so call your congressman and your you know uh, state senators and urge them to vote in favor of that mass suppressor bill which is uh, House Bill 1570 so call the house and your your legislators and say please support House Bill 1570 Um, there's many benefits to reducing That harmful sound from firearms and you know it's funny we have entire government bodies and oversight and regulation committees like if this was a tool in the workforce you'd be required to uh, muffle it somehow whether it be through hearing protection or you know in some cases where they do a lot of city work um, and a good friend of the Shop here, um, a guy. I'll I'll leave his name out because I didn't ask him if I could talk to him. Uh, mention his name, but he we actually consulted with him when we built this range about noise. And we said we want to keep the noise down, be good neighbors. We want to you know keep the noise down in the community and whatnot. So he helped us design certain things that we could do to reduce our noise signature. And he gets hired by big construction projects. He worked on the Big Dig to try to buffer the noise from keeping neighborhoods awake at night when all the construction was being done on the big dig. And, you know, it's it's just a responsible thing to do. So when it comes to guns, it's the same thing. That's what the suppressor bill is all about. Let's be good. You know, if you go to Europe, it's considered like uh, disrespectful to shoot an unsuppressed gun in certain European countries next to somebody. And it's true. Like it's, you ever stand next to someone firing an AR-15, it's brutal, man. It 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 pounds you in the chest. I love it, but unless you're doubled up with your hearing protection, it can it can get old quick. So anyway, happy uh, birthday to the Coast Guard. Today is the Coast Guard birthday. They were recording this show. Um, so anyway, uh, a lot of people are saying that on the chat. Happy birthday to all the puddle pirates out there. <laughs> Um, So anyway, and Matt says he will set off the questions nice and quick with this new will this new bill affect 22 semi-auto rifles or will 22 still be considered safe? Ah, I think Matt is alluding to another one that I haven't even got to yet where I think it's a uh, Norwood or Norwell uh, legislator has introduced a bill to redefine assault weapon. So anytime it says assault weapon in the mass general law, he wants that replaced with semi-automatic. If that isn't the most broad change of any legislation I have ever heard, I don't know what is. And for all the people who've been saying for years, no one's coming for your guns. No one's coming to take your guns away. Like, relax, all right? We just don't want anyone to have these thirty round magazine clips and these uh assault weapons. We don't want people to there should be nobody out there with weapons of war capable of shooting a hundred or two hundred rounds in you know, three seconds. <laughs> they just make it up as they go all this statistics, you know. The thirty caliber magazine clip capable of dispensing thirty rounds of Lethal ammunition in two seconds. Like they're just making stuff up all the time. (laughs) But and, you know, they that's all they're coming after. We just need common sense gun control legislation. This is I'm so, you know, they've actually dropped that lately. I've heard it a couple times, but it used to be the mantra. You couldn't turn on the news. You couldn't listen to a politician talk about guns without someone saying, We just want common sense gun control legislation. Just common sense. Like it's common sense. And no, actually, you know what's common sense is the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And somebody actually, oh, I printed it out because it was a great email. Uh, This guy, uh, Don, who writes me emails all the time, um, he actually copied me because Ed Lambert on WXDK was talking about guns this morning and actually called me and I I was on his show for a little bit. And then he followed up with an email and he said, Ed, politicians enact gun laws on lawful citizens because they have failed to enforce laws on armed criminals. And I think that's a a fabulous point. And it's so true. Like, they feel that they're, it's a virtue signaling, gaslighting, whatever cliche you want to use. They feel they're doing some moral work by banning legal commerce and firearms and preventing responsible gun owners from getting at those firearms. They do it to placate the useful idiots who believe if there are no guns at all, there will be no crime at all, which is hundred percent true. People think guns cause crime, but guns don't cause crime. Just like flies don't cause garbage spoons. Don't cause, you know, fat people, uh, you know it's always a willing participant on the other side of the gun and you know if we talk about the 30,000 odd people who die a year at the hand of a firearm uh i think it's better part of half of that is suicide by firearm which i personally would love to see that number go away and there's all kinds of great organizations out there like hold my gun We would certainly do our part if anybody ever had any type of mental health crisis that they were going through and thought about, you know, using a firearm to harm themselves or others and asked us to just hold their gun for them. I would do it free of charge, no questions asked, you know, just come on in, we'll help you out. So that's a thing, you know, like there's plenty of people that you could ask that would help you with that. And I would love to see that number go down to zero. So then out of the twelve to 15,000 that are used a year in crime or as a uh, police in the line of duty or as a civilian preventing themselves from being killed in a self-defense situation, um, out of all that, you look at the other side of the coin where there's a, estimates of a million and a half to two and a half million times a year where guns are used to prevent crime without a shot being fired. So that's the other side of the thing you let's say you could snap your fingers and take guns away right off the map vaporize them out of everybody's house and they're no longer in the land. Well there's two and a half million times a year that somebody was in the process of being assaulted violently or their lives were in danger that they used that firearm to prevent that crime from being committed or preventing themselves from being a victim. And now that blood's on your hands, as far as I'm concerned, that blood of that person who would have had that adequate protection that you took away, that's on you. Um, you want to lay all the crime by nefarious intent of criminals and you know those who are mentally, um, you know, insane or you know want to harm other people at the feet of law-abiding gun owners. Well, then I lay all of the crimes that are awarded because of firearms at the feet of people who want to take firearms away there you have it i think the number grossly outweighs the number of times people use guns in crime and uh so for that reason i think you're going to lose the argument and for good reason so anyway let's get to some of your questions uh so we just talked about uh matt's question about the semi-auto 22 rifles, will that be considered safe? I don't know. I haven't dug into that bill that the politician wants to ban or change the definition of assault weapon to semi-automatic. That'll be just the biggest gun ban in the history of the country. Um so Yoko says the constitution shall never be construed to prevent the people of the United States who are peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms. That's a quote from Samuel Adams, Massachusetts, ratifying convention of 1788. Well said, uh, Mr. Adams or President Adams. I think you're 100 percent right. And uh, the problem is there's a lot of people now who are trying to construe uh, and prevent law abiding responsible citizens from getting their uh, getting guns. Uh, Cavi says, hey, Toby, and hello, fellow Second Amendmenters. Hey, how are you? Um, an armed man me has another good quote by John Adams. An armed man is a citizen. An unarmed man is a subject. Ooh, that one stings a little bit. That one, that's John Adams. Um, so, yeah. And Brian wants to know if we still got that 50 cal at the range. Yes, we do. And you might hear it in the background of this because <laughs> we're open right now and there's people shooting. Um so when the 50 goes off, you'll hear it. <laughs> it's boom time when that goes off. Boom sauce. So, all right. Uh, Mac Man says, what's up, brother bear? How are you, bud? Good to see you. And if you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. That's CGWMA to 281 603 0066 for a special offer on U.S. Law Shield Self-Defense Insurance. I own it. I carry it. You should get it too. It's a great deal. Alright. You're listening to Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. I'm Toby Leary.
2: This
3: is the Voltec VT-10i. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltechSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash
4: May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex.
5: This is attorney Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer, but a fellow gun owner at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets including trusts, healthcare proxies and powers of attorney zoning or other permitting issues as well as collections and civil litigation to schedule a consultation call 508-384-8692 that's 508-384-8692 or visit my website kglangerlaw.com talk
2: to you soon
0: all right welcome back and we are joined with Keith Langer, our resident attorney here on Rapid Fire, and we're always glad to have him on the show and shed some light in a confusing, dark world, which is known as Massachusetts gun law. So welcome, Keith, to the show. How are you today?
6: Good afternoon, Toby. How goes the battle
0: on the Cape? It is fast and furious. No pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're, we're doing great. Thanks. It's always... Uh, Welcome site to see people shopping in the store and also, uh, you know, helping people out and and, uh, you know, it's been a busy week as far as gun control stuff and also some positive gun legislation, if you will, um, in the news. And I didn't know if you got a chance to look at those uh, bills that were presented, Senate Bill 942 and House Bill 1734 and break any of that down which is just crazy if you ask me and I know that is separate from the other bill that was introduced uh, where a legislator wants to change the word assault weapon in mass general law to semi-automatic and I didn't know if you got a chance to look at any of that but um, first things first um, that House Bill 1734 and Senate bill 942, which they want to limit sales of firearms to 15 per year, and it has to be limited to a gun that is equipped with mic- micro stamping technology, and it's also um, a bill. And by the way, it's the name of the bill is uh, an Act to Prevent Illegal Trafficking and Gun Violence Amongst the Youth. In the commonwealth isn't it always the moral high ground when you can tie kids to it
6: well the usual facade is save the children (laughs) i'm not quite sure how you traffic uh in gun violence right and it's not going to do anything about the youth because it's not aimed at youth it's aimed at shutting down gun stores because no gun store could possibly survive on 15 transfers a year right And the micro-stamping is a farce. They tried that in, I believe, Maryland and New York. And for a while there, every time you bought a gun, you had a case that came with it to show that it it had the capability. And they never did anything with the database. They never solved any crimes with it. It costs a fortune, and it does absolutely nothing. It's not really technically feasible.
0: Right. And the... The fact of the matter is, I think California did the same thing with their handguns, and that's why they haven't had any handguns added to their roster in years, because the micro-stamping technology doesn't even exist. So it's a it's a basically a backdoor gun ban uh, to say, oh, you got to have this technology that doesn't exist on the gun that in order to sell it, and so only the guns that were existed prior to the micro stamping are they allowed to sell that were on their list
6: technology is the same scam there's no real workable technology for it nobody gives the issue more than 30 seconds of thought wants it but it's a way to posture and get your name in front of the public and become a buzzword on tv news that night which is what linsky does every year aided and abetted by chang diaz i mean these people submit the same bills every year, and they think if they throw enough mud on the wall long enough, some of it will stick. Mm. Every time there's a uh, an incident, they use it to engage in further self-promotion and trot these bills out. Linsky was also the one who wanted to make it illegal to store your guns at home. He, he wanted them stored at uh, clubs. Mm. And when I asked him how the clubs were supposed to to be able to build the storage facilities, secure the storage facilities, and get the storage facilities insured, he just said, "Well, they'll find a way." That's the uh, the visionary leadership that Representative Linsky provides his electorate.
0: Where does he? Where is he a legislator from? What's his district?
6: Uh, Do you know? I I used to know. I'm thinking he's. Sharon and Newton, I cannot remember. Uh, it was so long since I met him. It was one of those talking tours uh, back in the mid-teens. And he was oh, he's using the him wrote himself. Yeah, fifth, But fifth the technology's sex. not really there, but they know it's not really there, and they don't care. Right. Uh, it's a great way to ban firearms, which is, of course, what they really want. They just hide behind the technical facade of Micro stamping, and there's not even much of a sod with 15 sales a year. Right? Can you imagine a liquor store that was limited to 15 cases of beer a year?
0: Right. Well, I think they're saying 15 per person, but still,
6: if no, you... it's under it's under section 122, which is FFL licensing.
0: So you're saying that they're they're trying to limit the gun store to 15 firearms.
6: Your license is under Section 122. Your customer's licenses are under Section 140.
0: Uh, well, it's interesting because the, the takeaway I read about it, I must have been on like NRA's website or whatever, it said that the house bill is to limit the number of firearms that can be sold or otherwise transferred to any person to 15 firearms during any one-year period with limited. Well, we already expenses.
6: are limited to four transfers a year right? on personal sales. So that's utterly pointless. <laughs> Let's see. I'm looking at it, and Linsky is our blessing from Natick, Sherbin, and... Millis. Millis.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Linsky. And... Um, on another note, there's also uh, so. What do you think this bill has obviously surfaced before in Massachusetts? So, what do you think probability of this getting voted out of committee is?
6: It hasn't survived yet, and borrowing another great fiasco like Columbine, I doubt it will. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, it's not remotely feasible. Right. Not that that ever stopped the legislature before. It's more interested in what looks good than what's actually effective. Sure. But this one is is so far out there that I give it little chance. Mm-hmm. And there's also the the uh, so-called ghost gun initiative, which is of course the incorrect nomenclature. It, as you noted, it's perfectly correct to make a gun. You just have to rec- document it with the s- state when it's functional. So they're not illegal, they're undocumented. So you see, they're not ghost guns, they're guest guns. There you go, yes. Their their
0: temporary uh, work visa has not been issued yet. (laughs) Um, The bill I like that has been introduced, uh, and it's been introduced by Paul Frost, is an act relative to noise reduction devices. And it's uh, to repeal the ban on suppressor ownership, um, which is prohibited under Section 131 of Chapter 140, and make it legal for any lawful purpose, legal, legal for use for any lawful purpose. And that also has been kicked around in committee, and I don't know if it'll make it out or not, but we've seen this introduced before, and then it went... Cold after Parkland the last time. So I'm hoping that it will make it out of committee and make it to a full-floor vote, Um, you know. And,
6: of course, there were no silencers, quote-unquote, no suppressors whatsoever at Parkland. Right. The problem at Parkland was an invertebrate police officer, not suppressors. Mm.
0: No, I I agree 100%. Um, So... Conversely, with this bill having been on the floor before, what do you think the chances of this one are of making it out of committee?
6: Uh, again, slim, because there's a small pool of people that actually have suppressors. And the logic behind the bill is irrefutable. It would do wonders for reducing range noise, which would make neighbors happy. Mm-hmm. And you can shoot with simple plugs instead of full-on muffs like I need for many of my guns, particularly the open gun. Plus, it would provide additional revenue because you've got to get the license for it. There's no real downside because if a criminal is going to commit a crime with a gun, whether or not it's got a suppressor on it is really irrelevant. Right. They're already criminals by acquiring the firearm with or without a suppressor and by their use of it. So throwing in a, a superfluous charge about possessing a suppressor is just inane as any sort of deterrent.
2: Mm.
0: Yep, I agree. And, you know, having used suppressors quite a bit, um, they're certainly not hearing safe. Like you said, you still want to put some put some plugs in uh, depending on what firearm you're using and depending on if you're using it indoors or outdoors. Uh, so there's a lot of that, you know, education that needs to happen to tell people that, hey, it's not like Hollywood where you screw on this muffler device to your revolver, <laughs> which you see in yeah, the movies all the cool. time, <laughs> and all of a sudden it goes pew pew pew. You know, it sounds like three little puffs from a little uh airsoft gun. Actually an airsoft gun's louder than the Hollywood, you know, suppressed revolver (laughs) and uh yeah but anyway um would would like to see it like to see it happen so um that would that would be great but we live in hope like you said last time um and desperation yeah desperation for sure well um all as always it's been great um talking to you keith i appreciate your input and uh don't forget. Hopefully, you're getting your team ready for our Top Shot Invitational, which is coming up on September 11th, and I'd love to see you shooting that. And uh, anyone else who wants to shoot in that, we uh, go to uh, TopShotInvitational.com and check out the shooting tournament on September 11th, where we're gonna have um, a course of fire. You go with your foursome, and you shoot a 22 pistol, 22 rifle, 9 millimeter pistol, and 9 millimeter rifle and raise money for a great cause. We're going to be raising money for Heroes in Transition and the Nicholas G. Exaros Fund, two gold star charities from right here on Cape Cod. And it's going to be a ball. Entertainment, food, uh, lots of sponsors, lots of people uh, involved. It's going to be a festive atmosphere. And there'll be some great bragging rights and prizes for those who win. So come on down to Cape Gunworks for that and uh, get signed up. We'll see you on the other side. I'm Toby Leary, you're listening to Rapid Fire. Thanks, Keith.
5: Nobody thinks it will happen to them, but with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At US Law Shield, We give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline, not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas. We at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection.
0: Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And Make sure you come on in and take a private lesson, one-on-one instruction tailored to you. You can get a great lesson with one of our instructors here at Cape Gunworks. We teach pistol, rifle, and shotgun, test out different guns if you're trying to find one you want to buy. So there's a lot of good options there. So if you haven't done a private lesson, go to the website and get signed up for one. We have some wonderful options that we can tailor a class for you if you don't see something on the calendar that you're actually looking for. So, all right, we're gonna get back to some of your questions. Um, it's always good having Keith on, and uh, you know, talking us through the minutia and the <laughs> some of the stuff in in Massachusetts. But um, Matt says Toby, your voice is traveling through the state. I'm in Norwell waiting to get my truck and watching the show on Facebook and a guy stops and is looking at me and he says, is that Toby Leary? (laughs) Well, that's pretty funny, Matt. That's awesome. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. I I do know that I have a very distinct voice. And so uh, people say it all the time. Like they'll come into the shop and they'll say, hey, uh, I'm looking for a blah, blah, blah. And then I'll say, sure, let me take you right over here and I'll show you. And they go, oh, I know that voice. They hadn't seen my face, but they. (laughs) <laughs> so that's pretty cool um, well thanks for spreading the word the good word throughout the state Matt And um, I, we got the place surrounded now pretty much on the radio too with uh, WCRN way out in Worcester and uh, we're on WRKO now which is awesome on Sundays from 5 to 6pm and the WCRN time is going to be changing from 7 to 8 which runs concurrently with uh, WXDK to 9 to 11, we're getting our second hour. Woo, that's exciting. So we're going to have our first station with two hours of me blathering on and taking your questions. Um, and then WXDK, of course, is Sunday, a Saturday night from 7 to 8. That'll stay the same. So there you have it. And Chris is saying he just noticed the HK released the SL-8 rifle that looks like it should be mass compliant. And, yeah, that's a good point, Chris. It is a pretty cool-looking rifle. It looks like the G3 almost, and uh, or the G33, excuse me, um, with that thumbhole stock that you've seen on some of the other, uh, I think the SL9 or the SL7 or whatever. And um, it takes, it's a 5.56 um, rifle that looks like it takes AR-15 mags, and that'll definitely be a... Uh, be hundred percent mass compliant it's a thumbhole stock it's there's no evil muzzle brake or bayonet lug and there's nothing foldy or collapsible or adjustable on it it's a pretty cool looking gun though so uh yeah we'll try and get our hands on one that'll be exciting um love hk stuff even though they're hard to get uh they're very very hard to get so All right, Bounced wants to know, how can I tell if my town issues restricted LTCs, hunting and target only? How do I get around that? All right, so if your town does only offer restricted licenses, number one, I'd just call them and say, hello, I'd like to apply for my unrestricted license to carry and wait and hear what their response is. Um, You don't have to give your name or anything to ask that question. The only way around it, as far as I know, is to apply in a town that you might have a place of business in. So, if you have a business in another town, you can apply for a license in that town. But you got to have a business. If you just, you know, if you don't have a business in another town, you're kind of out of luck on that front. I'm pretty sure you can appeal the decision or sit with the chief and tell him, you know, explain to him why you want to have license to carry which is just utterly ridiculous on the surface of why you need to justify why you want to exercise your license your right to keep and bear arms but anyway I digress Um, if for sure I would at least get the license even if it is restricted to target hunting and then I would appeal it and try to get it changed Uh, and I would talk to attorney Keith Langer for that so we'll put his uh, number in the chat box so you can see that give him a call. So, good to see you, Bubba. And Shooting Gallery New England is wondering what's crack-a-lackin'. So, obviously, he's back there tuned in while he works. So, if you're going to whistle while you work, you might as well whistle along to the tune that we're singing here on Rapid Fire. So, (laughs) good to see you, Joe. Um, That's our gunsmith, by the way, and he's got his own podcast called, like, Shooting Gallery New England. And, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and tune into him and check him out on Instagram and YouTube and all that good stuff. Um, sometimes he posts some cool projects we do in the shop right up on his YouTube channel. And it's pretty neat. So Yasser was saying, I don't think humans make crimes. Humans will even kill with only their hands. And I'm not sure uh, if the first part of that it was a typo, but... Um, Humans certainly do kill and have, and that goes all the way back to the beginning in the garden, right? When you look at Cain and Abel for crying out loud, they didn't need a 30 round AR 15 to you know for Cain to kill Abel, it was uh, probably a blunt force, you know, like a club or something, or his bare hands, even. And the fact remains that those kill more people a year still than all guns combined. So, you know, you look at look at that, and uh, or I should say in, in, in relation to crime. But there you have that. All right, we'll be right back on the other side. Don't forget to check out Ladies' Night and Date Night. Uh, Ladies' Night every other Thursday and Date Night on Friday. Or try our Range Experience package. You don't need an LTC to do that. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire.
5: Made in America since 1949, family owned and operated, legendary
4: performance. This is Hornady. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd, and may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2,300 degree Fahrenheit, one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security.
0: Alright, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and co-owner of Cape Gunworks, so we'd love to see you in the store. Give us a call if you have any questions. We have some really cool guns in the store in the shop right now. We have more inventory now than in the history of Cape Gunworks, and I say that every week because our inventory keeps going up. And Brendan's ready to bury me in the backyard because he doesn't want to spend another dime on inventory, and I don't blame him. We're busting at the seams. But we do it for the people. We make sacrifices so that we have cool guns and ammo in the store. So when you come in, you know, staring at bare empty shelves like in so many other uh, places you go. But we have aggressively purchased for the fact that we want to keep a good, well stocked store. And uh, so there you have that. Mac says, we can't have 30 round mags, but I can carry 30 rounds and three different mags. Thirty rounders are thirty rounds. I don't understand what the difference is, Toby. Crazy, and I would agree. Um, but you can have thirty round mags as long as they were made prior to September 13th, 1994. So that's a that's a you know obvious problem because um, not all guns that are made after 94 existed before then. So Um, magazines are being created all the time and though if the gun that you own doesn't didn't exist then then you can't get a pre band mag but I suggest you buy a gun that you can buy a pre band mag for and then you can you know get the high-cap pre band mags and I say high-cap that's ridiculous it's actually standard capacity instead of neutered magazines for sale in this uh, state so yes you're partly right that we can't have 30-round mags, but, and it's the same difference. I agree. In fact, USCCA does a phenomenal study on this in the concealed carry and home defense class that we teach here at Cape Gunworks, and we talk about the rate of fire of all the mass shootings that have occurred since Columbine. And would you believe it if I told you the rate of fire in the Columbine shooting? Was that of a Civil War era or Revolutionary War era musket? I think it was like four shots per minute. And that's the same as if you were to have a muzzle loader. So they had all the time in the world to shoot and take well aimed shots and basically execute people. And so the rate of fire, the amount of rounds that the gun can hold is irrelevant which became glaringly obvious at Virginia Tech, when you look at Virginia Tech shooter who had some high-capacity mags or standard-capacity mags, like 17-round mags, that he only loaded 10 in. And one of the guns he used was a Walther P-22, which only holds 10 rounds. And he basically had all the time in the world to go from classroom to classroom and execute people. And those that put up a resistance survived or had a higher chance of surviving there was lower casualty rates in those classrooms and those who barricaded and fought back than those who just kind of cowered in fear and waited for it to be their turn to get shot because there were people who used those exact words i was just waiting for it to be my turn to get shot instead of like hello it's okay to fight back against the guys who's trying to kill you so being armed is a state of mind um, it has nothing to do with capacity and type of weapon and you know, it's having the will to fight. So anyway, I don't know where how I got down that rabbit trail, but all oh, magazine capacity. Um, Brian saying you might have to come make some noise. Yes, do it. Um don't forget we also have the contest every week, the giveaway. So go to um Cape dot com slash rapid fire and we are giving away a free gun cleaning this week on the show before the end of the show if you miss out on this one make sure you get registered for next week's so you'll be able to you know get registered for next week's giveaway so we'll come up with something before the end of the show that we're going to give away and also you want to get signed up for the veterans top shot invitational royal put the link of that in the chat so that's going to be awesome You come with your foursome. It's kind of like a best ball as if you're playing in a golf tournament. So the best four scores for each string of fire for your team is your team score. And there'll be a lot of bragging rights and contests, you know, giveaway prizes and whatnot. Um, Jay Austin was saying that he has the U.S. Law Shield. And given how many states he travels between, it's the easiest money he spends every month. It's like $10.95 a month. It's it's the cheapest insurance, and I hate insurance with a passion. Um, Never been a big insurance guy. But believe me, it's the bit money well spent. Cheap money well spent. And he's right. If you're traveling throughout the country, it's a great way to um, protect yourself. And it doesn't have to – it's not necessarily – with a gun. You know, it doesn't have to be a gun used in a self defense situation. It's any weapon that you use to defend yourself. They will come to your aid, whether it's your car or a knife or a stick or a bat or a um, whatever. So, all right, this week's winner of the cleaning kit is Carl Goodman. Carl, we're really happy you won. So, oh, it's a free gunsmith cleaning, not a cleaning kit. Excuse me. So, Joe is going to clean some of your guns for you. So come on down and we'll, we'll take care of you there. Um, let's try and get to a few more of these questions before the end. Um, let's see. Uh, Scooter says, are you allowed to use products like Stock Lock on your stock that uses a tool to pin it or would that be considered adjustable? I wouldn't recommend it. I would just pin it and deal with it. And if you want it changed, we can unpin it and repin it for you. I don't think I'd lock it with something that you can just pop off and adjust. Um, Harry says, not including mass, what has been the definition of standard capacity mags for a semi-auto pistol and rifle for the past 30 years. Standard capacity is what the gun was originally designed to hold. So in the case of an AR-15, they used to give you a 30 round mag or in some cases a 20 round mag, but now standard capacity is what the military issues is 30 rounds. So a 30 round mag that no self-respecting military man would actually load 30 rounds in. You download them a little bit, say 27 or 28 rounds. But in the Beretta 92, which came with a 15 round mag, that would be the standard capacity for that gun. So whatever the gun was designed to take um, is the standard capacity. So it's not any number, it's just whatever it was. So in our state, it's 10 rounds. So it's neutered and whatnot. So do we have a Smith and Wesson nine easy on the rental wall? Yes, we do. Uh, the wife needs to try something with a lighter slide. Yeah. And it's a great, great gun. Um, we've had a lot of people shoot that and the Smith and Wesson easy 380. Um, so that's what it originally came out as. And now they have it in nine, but yeah, it's a great gun. Um, we've had a lot of good success with it and people buying it because it, it gets them over the the initial, oh, I can't rack the slide. So give me a revolver argument to, wow, I can rack the slide. I can actually load the magazine, which has a little assisted device on the side of the mag. You pull down and you can just literally drop the rounds in. So um, there you go. Uh, I would come on in and have her shoot it, Matt. She'll probably love it. It shoots very well. Um, Mac saying, Great answer. I need an older gun. So now I gotta tell my wife. <laughs> there you go. She already called Mac and said, Tell Mac whenever he comes in, he can buy whatever he wants. So she that's what she said. That's what she told us anyway. I'm not making that up. So <laughs> um, Michael says, Can I recommend a red dot site for your Nighthawk 9 mil? Well, congratulations on your nine your Nighthawk. That is a phenomenal gun. We have a couple of them in stock. And I believe that one, if you got it with the iOS cut, then it's probably the RMR. I'd get the Trigicon RMR. And how long is a wait for the SIG MPX? It's like an eternity, Cody. I don't have any ETA. And I don't think we'll see them before the end of the year. So, unfortunately. Unless I get them through distribution. So, that might happen. Um, So, yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes. But Alright, don't forget to wait around for the second hour of... Uh, rapid fire if you're tuning in on the web or on wcrn Uh, we'll see on the other side for those of you listening on wrko or wxdk we'll see you next week and i appreciate you tuning in and remember the show is ending here but we got another hour so go to capegunworks.com click on rapid fire for the extended version and answers to your questions Uh, once again we thank you for joining us and god bless i'm toby leary we'll see you next time
1: If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper-ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets out to 600 yards, while the Bullet Drop Compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mph winds. The AR-BDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3.
0: all right welcome back this is rapid fire your weekly show about all things guns second amendment and self-defense sponsored by vortex optics and tune in at capegunworks.com forward slash rapid fire to join the conversation Um, welcome to the second hour which is really happy we're happy about that Um, so if you're online and listening you're welcome to stick around and if not Um, we will, uh, you know, catch you on WCRN, which is where our second hour is, AM 830. So, by the way, I got to say thank you to WCRN because they put on a great golf tournament last week and I was able to bring my dad and my son and my son's friend and we had a good golf outing. And uh, I was happy to take a day off and relax a little bit, which I needed, unless somebody says hey, you're going to this event, be there. I don't take a day off, so um, that's the way it works sometimes. I am going away toward the end of August, though, for a gun show. It's a business show. It's not your typical gun show, and I'll be uh, purchasing stuff for the shop for the next six months of the shop. So, yeah, there you have that. Um, But I wanted to talk a little bit about the... uh, you know what's going on in Massachusetts, and uh, you know as far as guns are concerned, um, you see in a lot of talk um, locally about how people want to uh, ban guns continually, and we are we obviously live under the, some of the strictest gun control laws in the country, and we just had um, the start of the trial for I don't even want to say his name. Uh, for the felon who killed uh, police officer Sean Gannon in Yarmouth uh, a few years ago. And the trial just started. And this guy had been out on parole or something like that, or a reduced sentence after 30 prior felonies with a gun. So he got arrested with 30 different firearms and he was a felon in possession of guns. Under mass general law, he should have served a minimum mandatory sentence of a year per offense. So that would have put him away for 30 years. But guess what? He was out in a few years, back on the streets, buying guns again, illegally, and possessing them again illegally. He obviously didn't, Learn his lesson the first time. And because he got off in three or four years, there's no teeth to the law. The law has zero teeth, zero integrity, zero credibility. What is the what is the law even worth to put on paper and take the time to vote up or down on it and then write it into law and then put it into the, you know, practice and then threaten people with it. If. You get people who are convicted of possession of an illegal gun and have a 30-count charge, which puts you away for 30 years. Now, that you know, might dissuade some people from having an illegal gun. If you had five illegal guns and you got caught and you would go away and serve every day of five years, yeah, maybe that would be a little deterrent for them. For the people who are rationally thinking, although most criminals don't think rationally. But here he is. What what integrity does that law have if the guy can get out in a few years? And, you know, then he goes on uh, to kill and murder, um, you know, after hiding in the attic and shooting at the, the dog Nero when he went up the attic to get him. And then ultimately killing Officer Gannon. So we all know gun control doesn't work. Gun control only restricts the people who don't want to risk losing their ability to legally own firearms from possessing a f- certain firearm. It doesn't have any teeth whatsoever or any um, practical application as it relates to criminals. Um, it just, you know, they're, they're criminal by definition. They break the law. Some of them, like this guy who killed um, Officer Gannon, was a career criminal. And, you know, they're just going to continually commit crime. That's what they do, unless you lock them up and throw away the key. Now, I dare say that some of the people who, and I'm not going to go down the road of the January 6th, debacle that occurred one way or the other. All I'm going to say is we treat the people who got arrested for being in the U.S. Capitol far worse than people that commit violent crime in America, violent, felonious crime. They the, There's a bunch of people that have been in jail since they got arrested in January in solitary confinement. Ever since in solitary confinement, they are literally a political prisoner in a gulag right now in Washington, D.C. And we don't do that with any other criminal unless they are a threat to themselves or someone else. And the mental health issues that are going on in these guys and a lot of them are just plumbers and, you know, electricians and uh, blue collar family guys who are. Uh, you know, married with children and their families haven't been able to see them. They've been arrested. Some of them cooperated fully. One guy went to his lawyer's office when he heard they were looking for him and the lawyer called and said, yep, he's right down here but they still raided his house. His wife and kids were home and they ransacked his house and then they went out and arrested him at the lawyer's office after raiding the house and his crime was going into the capitol building on january 6th and if you look at some video there's people there that are saying to the officers when they start to try to breach the capitol um what are you doing call for backup why are you out here um you know just standing there call for backup don't let them do this and then there were other people saying hey this guy's you know antifa This guy's Antifa, don't, you know, and there were good people there trying to prevent people from going in and they were just civilians. They couldn't do anything about it. And then there's other video of the people holding the door open, like the Capitol Police holding the door open, waving people in. Come on in, come on in guys. Yeah, tour is starting. And so they walk in and they wander around and the worst of it is Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Uh, Frankly, I don't see any other, you know, thing that you could use to describe it. Um, She's there and, uh, yeah, maybe she was crawling through a window. She shouldn't have been. And she was shot on sight, basically, um, close range. And that doesn't happen in the case of, you know, BLM protests or Antifa protests where they're burning buildings to the ground. It doesn't happen when they're trying to breach police stations that they know there's people inside and there's you know they're trying to burn the building to the ground when there's people inside no one gets shot in the face from three feet away when that's happening but yet somebody who's in there unarmed trying to you know go around through the crowd or whatever see the Senate chambers or whatever it was or go someplace that they should not have been frankly they don't get shot in the face of that right just doesn't happen but yet we live in a new world i guess um that i guess is something that happens shoot unarmed people in the face and you don't even get to hear who did it and you know if it was on the shoe is on the other foot boy people would be hanging in the town square all right we'll be right back you're listening to rapid fire i'm toby leary
3: The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltechSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash TechSafe.
4: May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex.
0: Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, Cape Gunworks, uh, co owner of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, Massachusetts. And if you haven't been to the Cape to check it out, come on down. Love to have you in the shop and show you some cool stuff that we have. But if you haven't got your license to carry, make sure you check out our classes. We, we have them every week. And we have live fire and non live fire classes. And so we'll, we'll get you squared away so you can. Jump through all the hoops you got to jump through in order to exercise your birthright as an American citizen or a resident alien. Because um, we extend the constitutional privileges to those who choose to have their home here permanently, whether you are a citizen or not, which I always found amazing. Like you can live here full time, um, but be a citizen of another country and still exercise your Second Amendment rights. That just goes to show that government doesn't give rights, God does. And we just recognized in the Constitution, the the God given right to keep and bear arms and self-defense and protection of life. And you know, whatnot. So that's all we did was acknowledge it. And we acknowledged the giver of those rights and who it was, and not the fact that government is being nice to us and granting us something that's what happens in other countries and that's why they can easily be taken away and in this country they can't be easily taken away so all right although they've been on a good run here of restrictions in this state so let's get back to some of your questions um matt wants to know if we carry gray ghost frames for glock 19s looking to get a gray one I don't have the gray ghost ones, but I do have the POF and the Polymer 80. And the Polymer 80 ones, I believe, are gray. And we have the the 80% ones and also the complete ones that have a serialized number and they're considered frames. So you do a background check when you buy them. And then when you build it into a gun, you register it. So pretty easy. Uh says, another hour. Awesome. Sign me up. All right. Well, we're glad you're glad you're on. Um, And Bounce wants to know if there's if he's traveling around the U.S., is there options for me to concealed carry in other states? And yes, there is. There's the Utah non-resident license to carry, which we give that class once a month here at Cape Gunworks. And also Florida non-resident license to carry, which has reciprocity with all the same states as Utah does except you're legally allowed to carry a gun in Florida, which Florida no longer recognizes the Utah non-resident license to carry because it doesn't require live fire. Which, there's a bill on the Massachusetts docket that they're going to assemble a team or a you know, board or whatever to look at whether or not to require live fire training for the license to carry in Massachusetts. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, I would love to see America, uh, Massachusetts follow the way of a lot of the other states in America, which are going constitutional carry. Um, I believe it's incumbent upon gun owners to urge other people to seek out competent training on the safe and efficient use of their firearm. I don't believe that the Massachusetts class is the how do I safely operate and use my gun. I believe it's the how do I get my license to carry class. It's like the MCAS test. You teach the curriculum to the test, right? You're, you know the kids have to take this test, so you're going to teach the curriculum around the test. It's not like a general knowledge test. It's a very specific knowledge base, and you teach to the test, which is ridiculous. Same thing goes on with the uh, Massachusetts license to carry. Like it doesn't make you a safer person. Yes, there's safety issues that we talk about in that four-hour class, but I always preface the class. I give all the information that's required to be disseminated in the class, but that doesn't make you an expert with your gun. It makes you understand the legal implications of owning a gun. It also gives you some basic safety stuff, but frankly, until you've actually carried the gun and shot the gun and had proper instruction on the safe and efficient use of that gun, you're still, you know, not what I would consider uh, qualified to carry the gun. I mean, that should be a incumbent upon us as gun owners to urge new gun owners to seek out that training. It shouldn't be mandated by government in order to exercise a freedom. If that's the case then you could do that with your first amendment your fourth amendment you know in other words if you don't want them to illegally come and search and seize stuff in your house you got to attain attend a training class you got to pay a couple hundred bucks you gotta you know learn the ins and outs of searches and seizures you gotta know which kind of locks are approved to put on the door so that the government can or can't come in you gotta you know get retraining, you got to get your fingerprints and your photographs done, you got to carry a special ID, you got to post that thing on the outside of the house. So the government knows they can't just waltz in your house and start going through your stuff. That wouldn't be stood for, right? But it is for firearms. And until we educate people on how ridiculous that is, and we can go back to constitutional carry as the law of the land, which it was for hundreds of years here in America. um, Until we do that and educate people on that, then you know we're gonna be stuck with what we got and it's incumbent upon us to urge people and say hey you're a new gunner that's awesome I don't care why you bought the gun but if you're gonna carry the gun get it get it take a class take some training we have a draw from the holster class or take a intuitive defensive shooting class or take a USCCA concealed carry and home defense class take a private lesson you know whatever it is All right. the gaming says Toby, what does prehealy mean? And uh, that's a great question. Actually, I'm surprised more people don't ask that. But the day that'll live in infamy, July twentieth, twenty sixteen, I was out golfing with my family, and my phone broke practically with how many phone calls. And I'm, you know, when you're on a golf course, the last thing you want to be do is tied to your phone. I don't like to talk on the phone when I'm playing golf, but I was getting so many calls, I couldn't ignore it. I finally pick up. Brendan tells me, I don't know what the heck happened. The world's broken. There's people out the door down the street, and the shelves are almost bare. Everybody's in here buying guns. What the heck happened? I go, what? I don't know. So I jumped online, and I noticed that uh, Attorney General Maura Healy had changed the way she was going to enforce the assault weapons ban, which was the law of the land, since 1994 in Massachusetts. So America had it from 94 to 2004, and it sunsetted for the rest of the country in 2004. But Massachusetts made it permanent in 98. So basically, the federal assault weapons ban was the law of the land in Massachusetts from 94 until now. During that whole time, almost I think it was 18 years, uh, we were selling AR 15s and AK 47s and IWI Galils and all this stuff. And they were just made into a post-ban configuration, which was they were neutered for sale in states like Massachusetts. And all of a sudden, she woke up one day and said, hey, no, 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 no. The whole country got it wrong for 10 years, and we've been getting it wrong for 18 years. You can't sell anything that resembles or is similar or as interchangeable parts to an AK-47 or an AR-15 or a Galil or a FNFAL or a FNFSC or, you know, blah, blah, blah. There was six or seven different guns. And so as of today, if you continue to sell these guns, we're going to fine you $10,000. bucks. we are going to prosecute you under this new interpretation of the law that I did. And I bypassed the legislature. I bypassed the government, uh, the governor's signature. I bypassed the judiciary and became, uh, you know, judge and executioner all in one fell swoop. So she sat on the throne And nobody questioned her power. The legislature should have censured her. The governor should have censured her and said, "Uh, you are way out of your lane. But she said, no, I'm here. And they all went, yes, Uh, yes, Emperor Healy. And so guns that were in circulation prior to 7-2016 are considered pre-Healy. And so if you have an AR-15 in that post-ban configuration, she graciously grandfathered those in. And she said, you are a felon for buying this. But we are going to graciously allow you, because you thought you bought this legally, to keep those guns. And so even though you didn't buy them legally, we're going to let you keep your gun subject to change at any time. We may or may not charge you with a felony at any time. But... The way we're going to enforce this is at the dealer level, which was brilliant because they only have to control 300 people in the state instead of all the legal gun owners and Laura Biden gun owners in the state. Because if she said, if you bought this gun, we're going to go door to door and round them up, you would have seen the second shot heard, heard around the world happen in Massachusetts. They And she knew that. And so she very skillfully said, we're going to, threaten dealers with you know non-renewal of their state license we're gonna find them ten thousand dollars to fund their own prosecution which I never heard of that before in my life but apparently it's a thing and we're gonna charge them with dealing in assault weapons if they you know continue to sell these and we're gonna put out an enforcement notice you know I think the Boston Globe had it before we did but That's what happened on that day that will live in infamy. So hopefully that answers your question. So if you see someone with a pre-healy AR-15 on arms list or something like that, and they say they can sell it to you and you're going to do a private transfer, they're right. You can legally purchase that gun um, and do a face-to-face transfer. So there you have that. Any pre-banned Glock mags? Yes, we do, Brian. We have Glock 22 and 23 and 21 mags in stock the 21s are very rare we don't get those often so if you need some of those you can come on down and we'll sell them to you and we have other pre bands as well so come check it out all right we will be right back after these wonderfully crafted messages from our sponsors and don't forget to go check out the classes on capegunworks.com so we'll see you on the other side you're listening to rapid fire i'm toby leary
3: the VT10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltechSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash
4: May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex.
0: All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Join us every week and listen to this show that talks about all things guns, Second Amendment, self-defense, and some of the politics associated with all those subjects. We get into gear and, and welcome to you know take your questions on what guns I suggest, you know, or what I carry or why or you know any of those type of questions as well. So um, let's get back to some of your questions. Uh, Bounce says, "What is a good first gun for my wife?" and I think he's trying to bait me into um, a bad spot. <laughs> I have no idea what your wife's, you know, capabilities are, coordination level is, what she actually wants the gun for, and what her, you know, uh, preferred type of gun is. So long gun, handgun, um You know, she could be a Civil War reenactor. And if that's the case, I would probably tell her to get like a cool old sharps rifle. But I have no idea is what I'm saying. But I will kind of stop being so, you know, uh, asinine about this and say, if she's looking for a gun for personal protection, then I would suggest she come in and take a look at a couple, like maybe the... Smith & Wesson Shield EZ, maybe uh, one of the new Shield Plus, or the SIG365, or um, these are all good options. If it's just for home defense and out on the range, then I'd suggest a larger um, full-size 9mm striker-fired gun. But basically, a 9mm striker-fired gun and a full-size gun is a good place to start, um, whether it's a woman or a man, frankly. And uh, that's what where I'd start, but isaac wants to know if we have any 38 or 357 derringers in stock and the answer to that is no but i do have the new 410 45 long colt by um, bond arms so if you want to come check that out it's pretty cool Um, in central mass drug dealers are being released all the time the cops are powerless here yeah it's a revolving door and it's very frustrating for police officers unfortunately I stand behind them all the time, and I know they have a thankless, horrific job to do, to go out on the streets every day and deal with the worst of the worst and then, you know, get get a lot of flack from people like us when during a routine traffic stop we have an attitude about their attitude or we're pissed we got pulled over or something to that effect in the first place. And, you know, so we give them a little bit of lip and make their job harder. I long ago learned when when I get pulled over nowadays, you know, even if I get a ticket, I try to be as polite as possible and say, thank you, sir. You're doing a great job. I appreciate you. And, you know, that's the bottom line that, you know, they have to deal with me. But they also have to deal with the off-scouring of the earth and, and you know, drug dealers and risking their life and putting themselves in harm's way and, you know, dealing with the guy who's out on parole for the 80 millionth time. And they already know he's, you know, he's a repeat offender, so they got to keep uh, half an eye on him. So, you know what, I cut them a little slack and I understand they have, they have some, <laughs> they have a tough job to do and it's a thankless job, let's put it that way. I even thought about being a cop at one point and uh I didn't want to go to edu- you know get education that was the big hiccup with me. I wasn't going to go get a degree. I thought I could just slip in as a DEA agent and start locking people up, but that isn't how the things work. And so I applied to be a police department police officer f- with the state police and also a couple of local departments and I didn't make it too far. So uh and I thought that you know I had a grandfather who died in the line of duty after retirement he went on to be a police officer and uh, he died directing traffic got hit by a car and um so i thought maybe i'll get a couple preference points but nope it skips a generation you don't you don't get any preference points if your grandfather died in the line of duty only your father and i said okay well there goes that like back door in and so but in hindsight um you know I'm very glad that that I, I frankly didn't take that career path and I see uh I see brave men and women go into that every day and there's some good hard working folks in that uh line of work and my hat's off to you. You do a you're doing the Lord's work out there and I know you got a tough job and it's a thankless job these days, especially. So um we we are big supporters of the local police department, so um Let's see. Yes, someone says, remember, police are civilians as well. I agree. And uh, so someone was selling the AR-15 on arms list and was in Massachusetts selling it without a pinned mag. Is it legal to own? Yes, I think I just answered that. If it's a pre-healy AR-15, as long as it's not an assault weapon. How do you know if it's an assault weapon? Well, if it has more than two evil features, if it has a pistol grip and a detachable magazine those are the two evil features you used to be allowed to have now you're not allowed to have <laughs> I mean it's still the case but until the redefinition of assault weapon by more Um, but basically if it was prior to 7 2016 and it's doesn't have a bayonet lug a threaded barrel a flash hider a folding or collapsible stock or all those things that make it evil then you can legally own it in mass there you go um, Let's see, uh, <laughs> Isaac says, pre-Healy means before Mass Attorney General Maura Healy, who is a tyrant. I, I would agree with that statement. Um, but we've had issues in the past prior to Maura Healy, um, going back you know, to Tom Riley, and uh, we had, I think the last three or four Attorney Generals have not been gun-friendly and starting with Luther Scott Harshbarger back in the early 90s who wanted to be governor and he ran his whole campaign on one issue basically banning guns restricting guns and he didn't make it far so that's a little hopeful for those of us who live behind the lines here in Massachusetts so there you go All right, uh, do we have any pre-ban Glock 19 or 17 mags and how much did they cost we do not and when we do get them, they range from 75 to 150 bucks, depending on condition and the type of mag, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. What is involved in building a polymer 80? This is a great question. So if you've got the polymer 80 that's actually an 80% lower uh, or frame, you buy the frame. There's no background check or paperwork on that and then you mill it out, it comes with a jig, it comes with the appropriate drill bits, it comes with the locking blocks that you insert into the frame and some of the pins to put it all together. You're going to need to buy a lower parts kit um, that comes with the trigger group and the the takedown assembly and the fire control unit. Uh, So once you put all that into it, and then you find a slide that you can put on it and it's now a functioning gun you have 10 days to register it with the state of Massachusetts so that's all that's involved it's it's pretty easy process there's nothing nefarious or um, you know uh, shady about it in the first place if you're illegally able to own and possess a firearm in Massachusetts which means you have a license to carry then make them to your heart's content Uh, I know politicians would cringe at the the saying of those words, but that's what freedom looks like, folks. And is there a criminal element to that? I'm sure there is, but go ahead and ban them from us, and guess who's going to still have them? Criminals. There you go. What model Glocks do we sell? Well, we sell all model Glocks to local law enforcement because they are exempt from the Attorney General's regulations. So even though Glocks get tested and approved on the Massachusetts mass approved weapons roster we can't sell them to civilians because they are held to the mass attorney general regulations again these regulations are not law but they are enacted in a way that um, they have enforcement and it's under the Consumer Protection Act and they got to make sure that these guns are safe for the citizens of Massachusetts. So, uh, again, I think this all goes back to Riley or maybe even Harshbarger, um, where they have to have certain criteria in order to be sold in Massachusetts. Well, the Glock pistols don't have an official loaded chamber indicator. They have an extractor-based loaded chamber indicator, which when the gun is loaded, the extractor bulges out the side of the slide. So you can tactilely or tactically feel it with your finger. I think I'm making up words here, but you can feel the extractor bulging out the side of the slide. But Glock refused to call it a loaded chamber indicator. So therefore, it doesn't have a loaded chamber indicator. And back in 98... um, the Attorney General made Glock buy every pistol that was sold in the state back and even though they were legal to sell because it didn't have the loaded chamber indicator and he sent out a notice that if you bought one of these you want to bring it back because it is an unsafe gun Well, if it's an unsafe gun why do cops get the free pass why are they exempt from the Attorney General's regulation don't we want our cops to be safe is this gun gonna blow up in their face when they draw it out of the holster and the fact that a lot of the police departments in Massachusetts use Glock pistols as their duty gun. Why are we giving our cops unsafe guns? Well, if you look at the what Glock calls themselves a safe action pistol. So that's interesting. Um, in fact, it has several safety features on the gun. Like a firing pin block. Like a trigger safety so therefore, if the gun's dropped, it won't go bang. And it's a very easy gun to use and operate. Um, but not for you civilians out there. The government says, no, you will screw this up. You will hurt yourself. You want to make sure you don't get one of those Glocks because they are the most popular gun in the probably the world. And 65% of all police departments in America use them, but not for you. They're good for us, but not for you. So you need not apply for that Glock. So all that being said, I don't carry any Glocks for civilian sale unless they are pre-98. So they have to be Gen 1 or 2 or 2 There's a certain group of Gen 3 guns that meet the cutoff. Um, so if we get used guns, used Glock pistols that are Gen 2 or older or 2 or older or 3 or older, we can sell them. So... And it's a very, very few Gen 3 Glocks that we can actually sell. So that's the models we sell. When we get them, we buy them. Whenever they present themselves, we buy them. And, yeah, there you go. How often do we offer the Florida class? It's any time we do the concealed carry and home defense class, the USCCA. Concealed carry and home defense is the Florida class. And Isaac also supports constitutional carry for Massachusetts now. I agree. Let's start that movement. Let's do it now. Join the other, whatever it is, 25-odd states that have constitutional carry. On modern sporting rifles, what's the deal with gas system length? I'm looking for pros and cons and how to choose one. I see a range for sale on your e-store. What? Oh, a range for sale. A range of... (laughs) I'm like, what range is for sale on my Uh, (laughs) e-store? A range of gas length systems. Okay, so you want to get one... uh, Basically, the M4, which the military uses, is a carbine-length gas system. You're going to have the most recoil out of something like that. My favorite is the sweet spot is the mid-length gas system. Um, tends to operate really well, shoots very smoothly, and it enables you to have a shorter barrel, like a 16-inch barrel. As soon as you get into a rifle length, you're going to have to have a longer than 16-inch barrel. So... Um, If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. That's CGWMA to 281-603-0066. It's a special offer we have with U.S. Law Shield, so jump on that. You don't want to be unprotected. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and we will be right back after these messages.
5: it will happen to them, but with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline. Not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas We at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection.
0: All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. Don't forget to join us for the Veterans Top Shot shooting contest this September 11th. Sign up at TopShotInvitational.com and support these great local charities and have a ball doing it. It's gonna be epic. I'm really excited. We've done it a couple years in the past. We took COVID year off and now we're ready to get back at it in bigger and better than ever before. So you don't want to miss that. It's very limited space available. Get a foursome together and jump on and sign up today. It's 99 bucks a person. You shoot four strings of fire. It's great prizes. There's food. There's entertainment. There's all kinds of stuff. So you don't want to miss it. Even if you're not going to shoot, come on by and support and, uh, Donate to the local charity. So, all right. So, um, getting back to uh, your questions, Bounced says Can I transfer a pre Healy to me? Wah, wah, wah. The answer to that is no. That would have to be done on a private transfer, person to person, face to face transfer, because gun stores are not legally able to transfer a gun. That is pre-healy unless it was in their inventory prior to that. So I can't just take a gun in and sell it on the rack and say it's pre-healy. That only works with the person-to-person transfer. And Max saying if I bought a pre-healy AR-15, what brand would I buy? Um, I think back to some of the great guns I sold pre-healy. And the one that sticks out the most is the LaRue. Um, If you can get your hands on one, that would be a great find. LWRC is a phenomenal gun. Um, But the truth of the matter is, if you get a good quality lower and upper, you can build it into whatever you want. Um, I love my LaRue. I do own one. I own Spikes Tactical. I own a couple of Franken guns that I built. I own Seekin's Precision, which is a great uh, upper and lower that I built into a phenomenal gun. Uh, but frankly, the air platform is so versatile. It doesn't matter much, but I will say I'd stay away from a few brands. I'm not a huge fan of the polymer lowers. Um, some of the cheaper ARs like the MMP sport rifles, the earlier ones, they came out with the sport 2 and upgraded a little better. Um, some of the there was a couple of really cheap, like Deltons and, um, DSCs and stuff like that that I'd probably steer clear of. Uh, there was also I'm trying to think uh, what some of the really cruddy ones out there were, but there was some like four or five hundred dollar ARs that just didn't work well. I would steer clear of those. Get a good quality mill spec higher end one. Colts are fine. The BCM, uh, Daniel Defense, any of those would be good choices. Uh, you can't really beat beat those good quality mil spec guns um, advanced classes are so much fun using your own gun and getting expert instruction is highly recommended uh, I would agree with you big pond um, th- we teach classes here not enough because frankly they have a hard time filling up and much to my chagrin um, I don't know if there's any space available in the Rob Pincus class that's coming up in uh, Boylston at the Worcester Pistol and Rifle Club. That Goal uh, sponsors y- you sign up through Goal for those. But he always teaches uh, four days worth of classes. Usually a carbine class or a two-person armed defense or um, a intuitive defensive shooting or an advanced pistol handling class. I've taken them all several times, and they're all very good. They're a good eight-hour class. Do a two-day if you can and here's the thing about advanced classes when I say advanced I'm really just meaning a full-day class because you're gonna learn more in a full-day class than three two-hour or four-hour classes combined um, but you get a lot of muscle memory you get a lot of reps you get a lot of uh, front-loading your training and you're gonna come away with a bucket full of information that you'll probably want to repeat and take the same class again But you're going to be so much better trained if you jump into one of those classes and bite the bullet, spend the money, take the time off of work, and buy the ammunition necessary and take that class it's better served than buying another gun. There, I said it to my own hurt. (laughs) We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary.
5: America since 1949, family owned and
4: operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2,300 degree Fahrenheit, one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security.
0: All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, Second Amendment, self-defense, and some politics sprinkled in there, and whatever else I want to talk about. So I'm your host, Toby Leary, co-owner of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, Massachusetts. So come on down and see us. We'd love to help you out. We have a ton of inventory. We have a ton of classes. So if you're a gun guy or girl, we'd love to see you here. So um, getting back to some of your questions... By the way, go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and you'll be alerted anytime we're going to record Rapid Fire, and you can make your voice heard on the show. So we're in our second hour right now, and uh, so if you hear me answering questions, that's where those come from. So if you want your question specifically answered, make sure you get signed up to get notified when we go live. So you can get your live question recorded. Figure that one out. (laughs) Um. Anyway, getting back to your questions, uh, can I talk about holsters I pref- and my preferred way to carry a handgun? Yeah, holsters are a—carrying comp- a gun is a compromise of something. It's a compromise of comfort, concealability, or accessibility. And, you know, in the construction trade, whenever we're doing a job for somebody, we would always say— you can have it good fast and cheap pick two and I feel like that same saying goes for holsters you can have it comfortable accessible and concealable pick your favorite two, (laughs) because you're gonna compromise something right Uh, if it's wonderfully comfortable and incredibly concealable it might not be the most accessible or you know however way you want to paint that so For me, I used to carry a gun strong side, which means on my hip, uh, outside the waistband with a pancake-style holster and a thumb retention snap on my 1911. So I just dated myself big time. I used the Galco Fletch holster, and it was very comfortable and very accessible, but not quite concealable. It was, kind of on my size frame it would print quite a bit Um, and it wasn't quite as accessible as it could be but um, over time I've evolved into having a appendix inside the waistband holster so now I have accessibility really really good and I have great control over the gun when I come up out of the holster because it's in that space where you do everything right in front of your body um, you know, it's, it's easy to get good control of the gun. As soon as I draw out of the holster, my muzzle's in a safe direction. And, uh, concealability, it, it definitely works really well. It's not as comfortable as that aforementioned Galco Fletch holster, but I've learned to live with the discomfort. So you just kind of grin and bear it. And after a while, it's no big deal. So you kind of get used to it. The human being is very good at getting used to some dis- some level of discomfort. Um, so that's how I carry a handgun. It may or may not be for you. Um, I get a lot of big-bodied people. Let's say they're big boned people come in and say, "I could never carry like that because of my big gut." And I say, "Well, um, not so fast. If you're willing to live with a little bit of the discomfort, it actually conceals a whole lot better." than it does on a person who's built like me, um, which is like a Greek god, by the way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. And anyone who's seen me knows I'm lying. And I, I'm built like a rope man from, uh, what was that cartoon? <laughs> In fact, one of my buddies used to call me that on uh, as a kid. I, he's like, you're rope man. And I, I said, I don't, I don't think I, I resent that remark. I don't think I resemble that. What was that stupid cartoon? Uh, That was on when you were a kid. What was it called? It was the Mighty Heroes. There it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I digress. So that's how I prefer to carry a handgun. And uh, as a follow-up question, he asks, if you have an LTC, can you build a homemade cannon? Jeez. What do you need a cannon? If you ask Joe Biden... No one could even own a cannon after the Bill of Rights was signed, for crying out. The ink wasn't even dry, and they were going around rounding up cannons. So what do you need a cannon for? Nobody needs a cannon to defend their home. But I think if you did some real honest fact checking, you would have realized he was wrong about that. But anyway, I think there is some cannon restrictions about bore size. If it's over one inch bore, you need to have a special cannoneer's license. So you want to make sure you're compliant with that. But if it's under an inch, you're probably good to go. And they're fun. Um, I would just get the modern equivalent and get the uh, X-Products Can Cannon that goes on your AR-15 pre-band lower and put that all together and start launching some freedom 12 ounces at a time. Or get the golf ball adapter and screw it inside. And then you can launch golf balls. Like three to 600 yards. That's pretty cool. And if you played in the Top Shot Invitational, you got to tee off on one of the holes with that X-Products can cannon and use it as your drive. So that was cool. Um, Davey wants to know how busy the gunsmith is. And he is sweeping the floors back there. So bring in your guns and we will <laughs> we will get it done for you. No, he's he's always busy, but he has got caught up. So there you have that. Is there any hope that the 94 assault weapons ban we have will be repealed? And yes, there is. I believe there is. Um, an earlier comment was saying, can you believe who'd have thought we would still be living under that assault weapons ban by now when, after it was enacted with all the the uh, legal challenges that were that happened right away? Um, it was, I agree, surprising that here we are five years later and we're still living under that or whatever it is four years later and we're still living under that Um, but that just goes to prove how long things take to go through the court system so that does stink Um, you know I I can't tell you how how hard it is to reverse a bad piece of legislation because of the time and amount of money it takes to do that so that's going to that's the way it is. So we got to prevent bad legislation from happening in the first place. So there you go. Big Pond wants to know what the capacity limit is for semi-auto shotguns, and it, that would be five rounds. Um, you can't go over five rounds in a semi-auto shotgun in the state, unfortunately, which is utterly ridiculous. But there you have it. And uh, Davy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna censor your comment just a little bit. When he says he almost had a seizure when I saw that Scar Seventeen and Robinson Armament Three O Eight in the shop on Sunday, and yes, you're right. It is something to celebrate because um, we don't get them all the time. We just got a small batch of those Robinson Armament XCR Ms in Three O Eight, and I believe we have one left. So if you want it, you better, you know, let your Fingers do the walk and, and look up our phone number, and give us a call, and we'll uh we'll get you, get you right in on that gun. So, um, Jim wants to know what determines a pre-ban lower, and Jim, it's very simple. It had to have been manufactured prior to September fourteenth, nineteen ninety four. That's the official pre-ban. Then there's the Healy pre-ban, which is Different. It still would have to be built into its post band configuration, but it can legally be owned and, you know, built into a gun. And that would have had to been July 16th, 2000. I'm sorry, July 20th, 2016. So there you have that. Um, You're always going to feel the gun if you're carrying. You have a drawer full of holsters but have settled on to a Milt Milt Sparks leather outside the waistband and a Bravo appendix inside the waistband holster. Yeah, both good choices. Um, And Mac loves his Tier 1 Aegis Elite holster. He loves it. He carries any way you want in the waistband, but that's just his personal preference, not a sales pitch. And, you know, that's definitely, uh, there's a lot to be said for that. Sorry, my dog is thinking he's a lap dog. Um, You have to try it out and see how it feels. Um, So that's the way that goes. Um, Can we fix a busted aftermarket AR trigger? You can't remember the brand offhand and the spring flew out. It depends. If it's like a Geissele automatics or something like that, then yes. If it's like a sealed unit, like a CMC or an ELF or something like that, I'd say just get a new one or I'll send it back if it is a CMC. Um, but yeah, you could definitely um, do that. Bring it in. Either way, we can help you out and get you back up and running. Isaac's wondering if we have any derringers in stock. And we do. We have the Bond Arms 45 long Colt and 410 gauge. So that's a cool little, fun little gun. Probably won't be something you'll shoot, you know, a couple hundred rounds every range session on. But. You'll have some fun and it'll be a good conversation piece and a good gun to bring something out you know out of the safe every once in a while and show some friends but all right don't forget to check out date night every friday night and ladies night thursdays try the range experience package no gun license required we are glad you joined us for the second hour of rapid fire We appreciate you guys so much. Don't forget to go to CapeGunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and get signed up for our giveaway. We gave away a free gun cleaning last hour. So this week, we're going to be giving away something cool. So sign up. All right. You'll see us next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. We appreciate all the questions and everybody tuning in. And uh, we'll see you soon and often, hopefully. I appreciate you. God bless. And thanks for listening. See you next time. I'm Toby Leary.